0: Welcome to Speaking the Truth in Agape Love Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Mitchell. Welcome back everyone to the podcast. I'm Chad Mitchell. I've got David Finch here and uh, we're excited to be back. want to first apologize for not having a a, a a episode last week. Just with the holiday and the crazy week, things happened and we weren't available to make it happen. So uh, apologize for that. We'll try not to do that very often, but sometimes things happen, and and so. But we're glad to be back with you tonight, and uh, excited to have another Bible study with you. Um, we're going to be studying in Galatians again, um, chapter four. Um, but but yeah, we're 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 glad to be back, and it, it feels good to um, do another episode with you. Absolutely. If you have any questions, I know I've heard from some that they wish they could. Uh, join us live and ask a question while we're doing it um, that's kind of difficult especially in the podcast but w- we'd love to have an email from you so um, that's about the only way that we can communicate um, but you're certainly welcome to send us an email at truthandagapelove@gmail.com. at gmail.com and so yeah send us a note we'll write you back um, we can have correspondence that way uh, you can also join us if you're in the area uh, Blackfoot Church of Christ we're on 370 North Shilling Worship service is or class at nine or sorry class at ten and worship <laughs> at at eleven on Sundays and then our Bible study on Wednesday evening at seven thirty we'd love to have you please come so uh, brother David brought us a lesson uh, from Galatians chapter four um, and it's titled not just hears but but sons and so how do you want to start David
1: so uh, the text is Galatians 4, 1 through 11. But this is a continuation, of course, from Galatians 3. Yeah. And as you see at the end of Galatians 3, in verse 29, it Paul is talking about how we are, when we are in Christ, then we are Abraham's seed. So we are heirs according to the promise. So, That's how we it kind of ended in in chapters twenty, (laughs) twenty three in chapters Mm three. So coming into Galatians four, it's a continuation, and we see that we're not only heirs or of Abraham's seed, but rather sons. So we this beautiful aspect, and and so this is what Paul is continuing to illustrate here to the Galatians. So let's just go ahead and start reading. We're going to read verses 1 through 7 of Galatians chapter 4, to start out, he says, Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave, though he is master of all, but is under guardians and stewards until the appointed time by the Father. Even so we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world, But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through christ and so this is what he's really digging into here is not only are we heirs according to the seed of abraham which is the the promise you know through through abraham the promise from god but even more than that we are called sons Mm -hmm. and it is
0: all through jesus christ so that would be we'd be called sons, that's man and women, right? That's right. Yes. And you know,
1: um going back in Galatians three, he does kind of dig
0: into it a little bit. Um, I, was, I, I kinda wanna almost ask a question, but yeah. just kinda put it out there. It means I think it would mean um, you know, the son always um got the inheritance. Yeah, the firstborn. The firstborn yep. son. Got the inheritance. And so I would say it may be kind of like that. Yeah. You know, even though it's man, woman, whatever, it's you're an heir. You're not really an heir. You're an heir and a son, which is even better because you get the inheritance. That's right. The firstborn.
1: That's a very good point to bring out. Yeah, so we're not just heir. It's
0: like the best of the best scenario in a family is the son. The The firstborn firstborn son son would receive... Um, the um, inheritance or what did um, Isaac give his, what did they call it? The inheritance, I guess. Yeah, I think, I there think was they did call it just inheritance. And a blessing, whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, the blessing. Yeah. So, anyways, it would be similar like that, wouldn't it?
1: Yeah. In a lot That's of ways. That's what Christ
0: gives us.
1: Yeah, and, and so even as we see, and in chapters three, he was he was illustrating that even the Jews who are outside of christ don't have you know any blessings through god even though they are of the seed of abraham Mm -hmm. so there's even more and you know one through three he's talking about how of
0: galatians three yeah no
1: sorry galatians four one through three at the beginning here he's talking about even when we were children we were in bondage under the elements of the world And so even he's talking about before Christ even came. Even in heir or of the seed of Abraham, they were still under bondage, under the elements of the world. Mm -hmm. And so in verse 4 of Galatians 4, as he says, But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law. So here's something that we... Some people may not fully understand Christ when he came into the world. Of course, we see that he was born of a woman, and we know that it was a, a, a virgin birth, but he was born under the law, mm-hmm. so he had to live the law of Moses. So, as he was born into the world, that at that point is not when the New Testament began, as, as what Christians follow today Mm -hmm. it's actually christ had to live the old law the law of moses Mm -hmm. so he had to live according to the law of moses because he was born under that law so he had to actually live that law and he had to do something that no one could ever do nor in the future could anyone ever do and that is live the law perfectly you know, in order for him to be the spotless lamb of God or, or the lamb without blemish, he had to live it perfectly. Now, that's something that nobody could do. Well, then, did we read verse 5 yet? Not yet. Okay. So, um, I guess we can. Go ahead and continue on.
0: Oh, it's fine. I just said, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. So, adoption makes a lot more sense. Yeah. An adopted son, basically God has adopted us that's right, but we have to be obedient and, and faithful.
1: that's right and that's a lot of times where people don't understand you know when you let's turn over actually to Romans eight Romans eight and I believe let's start in verse 15. So here, Romans 8, verse 15, we're going to read through, yeah, through 17. Yeah. It says, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness of our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. So this word if, a lot of times people overlook that word if. That's actually a word that we need to pay special attention to.
0: Yeah, it's key because there's actions that you have to take That's in right. order to receive this as an obedient child or son. That's right. Of God, we have to be obedient, just like we uh, insist our kids to be obedient when we right. tell them to do something or tell them how they need to live their life. You yeah. Know? And Chad, you and I
1: both, I'm sure we are. We have done this so many times with our kids, where it, when they want something, we're like, "Okay, if you yeah. do what I ask sure. you to do, mm-hmm. then you can do that." Yeah. Well, and every parent, if they're
0: doing their job. If the child doesn't do that, then they don't get what they want either. And I would say that this relationship with God is so much more critical. Oh, yeah. Because there's going to be no exceptions. That's right. There's no exceptions. There's no, you know, go in and ask mom kind of a thing. Go around dad and ask mom. Yeah. (laughs) Or or vice versa, the mom and dad kind (laughs) of thing, you know. There's none of that.
1: Go around the Father and ask Christ. Sh- yet, sure, you know. sure.
0: And, and, and it, it doesn't work that way. It's, no. It's a set in stone commandments that we have to follow.
1: That's right. And, and notice how... He, so here, he says, if children... Or then heirs, and then if indeed we suffer with him, that we also may be glorified with him. And with this if, there's also this if not... So mm-hmm. if you're not willing to suffer with Christ, then you're also not heirs with Christ or joint heirs with Christ. Mm-hmm. That inheritance that you will receive on that great day will not go to you if you are not willing to suffer with him. And then but if you are willing to suffer with him, then you do receive that inheritance. And and suffering with him is also being obedient to him, mm. going to what you were saying. You know, it's doing what he has asked you to do. Don't add to it. Don't take away from it.
0: Well, and we should finish reading there in verse 6 of Galatians 4. Yeah. Let's go back there. Um, because it, it kind of adds to what you just said. Um, so continue on verse 6 through 7 there. Uh, um, and because you are sons, God has sent forth his spirit of his son into your hands crying out, Abba, Father, therefore you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God, God through Christ. Yeah. And so these are the blessings that you'll receive being a son of God.
1: That's right. You know, and this, uh, he talks about sending forth his spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Now, you know, that's like God giving a part of himself and according to Ephesians 1, 13 and 14, the Spirit is the guarantee of our inheritance.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that's what he's, he's illustrating. He, he's given a, a piece of uh, himself to us, saying, this is my promise to you, mm-hmm. that if you remain faithful to me, I will give you the inheritance. That's God's promise to us.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I found it rather interesting. Abba, Father... Abba is actually um, of Chalde, or an Aramaic word for father. Oh, So he's using actually two different languages, or saying father in two different languages, and how Christ knocked down the middle wall of separation, so how the two nations were always separated, Jews and Gentiles. And now, through Christ, every nation can call upon the Father. Mm-hmm. the one true father but there's always this you know in verse 7 through Christ it is only do we have access to the father only through Christ you know and and that's Christ is pinnacle for us and Christ is a necessity and being in the body of Christ is a necessity For us to receive the blessed inheritance Mm -hmm. from the Father.
0: And so... This slave thing in verse 7, what do you suppose he's... I mean, I got an idea. I know that... So I I, um, went on a trip and I had, I don't know, 15 hours of driving, whatever it was. Mm -hmm. So we listened to a book and it was um, called Killing Jesus um, by Bill O'Reilly. And um, one of the things that I, was really interesting in that book is he explained the times around Jesus and what the Jews and the Gentiles basically all had to go through with the Roman Empire. Yeah. And it, anywhere you went, like the Jews, when they come to Jerusalem, they had to pay a tax just to get into the city. Okay. Okay. They and they had there was taxes everywhere. Really, almost like a toll road. Almost, you right. would think. Um, and even in the temple, like they'd come to pay, um, they had to like cha- the money changers would tax them, and they were just taxed to death. Yeah. Okay. We kind of feel like what that's like here yeah. in America sometimes. <laughs> it's getting there. Yeah, but um, they were taxed to death, and it, it, it was very strenuous. And the thing is, is if if you couldn't afford the tax, you could take a loan. Mm-hmm. So they would give you a loan for it, and you know how in mean, the Bible talks about debtors, yep. like debtors forgive your debtors sometimes that debt could get forgiven but most of the time not and so what would happen if you couldn't pay they'd hunt you down boom you're a slave yeah you'd get put into slavery so easy that in the roman empire Mm -hmm. because you couldn't pay your debt yeah and if you couldn't figure out a way to pay your debt you're a slave and so that's probably something that really resonated with the people uh slavery because it was a very common practice oh yeah and we see that all through the bible yeah they were it was i think it was easy to end up in slavery we have um today like our wages will get garnished if you're not paying a debt yeah you know i've seen that a lot um not in myself but as an employer (laughs) yeah um especially if you owe a debt to the government oh the government they'll come and take your money they will garnish your checks they don't yes. care you don't pay your taxes they're going to get you same thing kind of yeah. today we deal with the thing is they won't expect you to pay it they just in the roman empire they just put you into a slavery mm-hmm. and you're off building roads or something i don't know yeah yeah exactly <laughs> and so that was something that was very probably made a lot of sense to people that, mm-hmm. and and what he's saying here is that god's going to take that away and you're going to become a son now yeah. You're no longer a slave. Yep. You're you're a son now, which is wow, really? That's that's a great thing. Yeah. And 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 it's almost like having your debts forgiven just immediately. Yeah. And and the thing is is that debt is the sin. It's it's our sins. Oh, yeah. And and we're forgiven of that. That debt has been paid. Yep. You know. And and you know, in in verse 7, he's like as he's talking about
1: you are no longer a slave. You know that ties actually right back to Galatians four verse three, Yeah. where before Christ came, even the Jews were still under bondage. Yeah, like they they still need to live the law perfectly. Mm. They were they were under the bondage of the elements of the world, mm-hmm. and that's the Jews that well, they had to make about
0: sacrifices there. for their sins that's through right. the animals, and it, it didn't last. It was something that they had to keep doing. Yeah, yeah exactly. And so through Christ
1: you are no longer a slave but a son, Mm -hmm. and that is only through Christ, where now you are freed from that bondage of, like you were bringing out the sacrificing and and all of these these elements of the world that they had to
0: abide by, Mm -hmm. where now we are freed from that. Well, and even to be a Jew, um, we talked Sunday about um, the, the unleavened bread. I so wanted to go into more detail on that. Yeah. Because in the book this book that I listened to, they when when it come time to clean their houses of and, and rid themselves of unleavened bread, I mean it was, a, it ready it for was the Passover. a week long um ritual. Yeah. They cleaned the kitchens and the women would work and scrub and clean the to make sure there was no leaven in the house. And then the men would come through and inspect. Mm. And like with i picture like the white glove inspection (laughs) you know you've seen that like is there dirt like in the military they do that on the guns yeah they'll be like check the white glove okay it's good yeah if you've ever been to the changing of the guard in washington dc the guy comes out and inspects his gun during the the, uh, the transition and he does that he takes the gun and he looks and he runs his white gloves over it and then he inspects it. It's all part of the ritual to make sure his gun's clean as he's huh. guarding the tomb of the unknown soldier. Wow, okay. It's quite a deal. But they that was how uh, specific they were and they I mean we we read it. Look at all the rules they had to oh, follow man. in as Jews. When you look through Leviticus, oh and they they had to sacrifice the lamb. It had to be a specific um, unblemished lamb yep. one year old yeah i mean you start looking at all these rules it's like man how did they follow them? Mm-hmm. you know and they and though but going back those men would come through and inspect the house and if it wasn't right then he'd tell the women hey it's not right look at right here yep. and then they would have to start all over again <laughs> yeah i mean it was it was quite the deal and that was for the passover you know that's right so a- anyways you're rid of that that's almost like being in in bondage it all those th- rules that they had to do, all yeah. those things they had to do to be forgiven of their sins. Yeah. And and Christ came and all of a sudden made you a son. You're no longer in bondage. That's right. And, you know, as, as we
1: have been walking through Galatians, he, he is drawing out how now the Galatians are now of the seed of Abraham through Christ. You mm-hmm. know, and, and that's what he got into in chapters 3. And now in chapters 4, he's like, but even more than that. Yeah. Now we are called sons.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Whereas in even the Jews, even as a seed of Abraham, you were still under the bondage. You know, you were, you were under the—you were like a slave still. You were maybe in the house, but you were a slave.
0: Well, and heirs of God, could it get any better? That's right. <laughs> yeah. You know, think about it. That's about—that's like the top of the ladder. That's the greatest honor. Sure. Yeah. It's the greatest honor.
1: That's right. And so, you know— as it talked about in chapters 3, verse 24 of Galatians, you know, the law of Moses was set in place as a tutor
0: mm-hmm. which to, bring, was to, to us. bring us
1: to Christ. And so that's exactly what what the law of Moses was set
0: to do. It was to and prepare us to bring us to Christ. And justified by faith. What does that mean? That means um, we, we didn't see all this happen. Yeah. Are you in... So that's Galatians three twenty four. Okay. Right?
1: Well, yeah, I'm not I don't have that part in there. <laughs> Galatians three twenty four. Um, funny enough I turned right to it. Okay. Yeah. Therefore the law was a tutor to bring us to Christ that we might be justified by faith.
0: That's yeah, right. Justified by faith. Yeah. We we are only believers by faith.
1: Yeah. That's faith it. faith in who?
0: Faith in Christ. That's right.
1: And and we didn't
0: see him crucified. We didn't see him come out of the tomb three days later, risen. But we we can read all the accounts that don't contradict each other, the eyewitness accounts, and we can believe that this happened. That's right.
1: And and we got into that a little while ago, how there's to know that the, the scripture was written by about 40 different people, 40 different times. In forty different places, mm-hmm. and yet somehow
0: they didn't contradict. Mm-hmm. Like that's an impossibility. Well, and the, the history books back it up. That's right. They can find Pontius Pilate, mm-hmm. uh, his records of of trying Jesus, and there's even a record of Jesus of Nazareth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so it all, and and really, the only thing that tells us the whole truth is the Bible. That's right. In fact, they use it for historical um, backing. Yep. And, and you know, I, as I was talking to someone one time,
1: you know, they're like, well, how do we know that the Bible is from God? Mm-hmm. And I was like, so at best, this is a history book. The Bible is a history book. I was like, the only way to test if it's true is to look at archaeological finds. And when the archaeological finds support what is being talked about, then that just further proves that this is true. Yeah. All the archaeological finds only support what the Scripture is saying. None of it um, rejects what the Bible says. It only supports it. Mm-hmm. Further proving that this is from God. Yep. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, and, you know, that's a that's a concern for a lot of people. It is. Well, how do we know this is true?
1: And Man. that should be a concern for everyone. For all of us. Absolutely.
0: And, and so, you know, we look at these convictions, these, these writings, you know, it's perfect, you know. And, yeah. And he even says, that which is perfect has come. Yep. You know, um, which was Christ. You know, he came, it was recorded for us, and we could put our faith in it. That's right. And, you know, there's been a lot of folks that have over the years.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and, and rightfully so. When you, the more you study the scripture, the more it only supports the truth supports it as being true. You know, when the Bible has been more, under more scrutiny than any other book in the world, mm-hmm. and yet they cannot find contradictions with it.
0: Well, and he says there in Galatians 3.24, the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ. And we yeah. can see that in all the predictions and the and the prophecies, the prophecies, absolutely. That actually fulfilled, and you can see how Christ came. Yeah. You know, the the 30 pieces of silver. Yeah. That, that Judas betrayed Jesus on was prophesied that's right how'd they know 30 pieces of silver how'd they know that exactly how'd they know that's what he would get <laughs> yep. you know and, and it come true exactly and he, even even his enemies did exactly what they said was going to happen those are the ones that really uh, deepen my faith. Yeah. How did the how did the enemy know that they were following prophecy? Yeah. Well, they didn't know. They, they just didn't. knew it. No. You know, they, didn't. they
1: they just did it.
0: Yeah. It was what happened. Casting lots right. for his clothes. Yeah. His enemies did exactly what was predicted four hundred years before whatever it was. Yeah. I don't know how long it was. That's but, right. And but what's so interesting about that is.
1: Not only did they fulfill the prophecies, but the reasoning behind why they didn't rip his clothes. Mm-hmm. And it was because it was sewn up in in one piece. And yeah. so if they tore the clothes, then it, it would wouldn't be it. good for anyone. Mm-hmm. And so they decided to cast lots for it. I mean, that was their decision. Little did they know that they were fulfilling this prophecy. And yeah. it just
0: It's it's amazing. And and it, it, is. it definitely was a tutor. You know, I wanna get too far off track, but it all comes together. It all fits like a puzzle. Yeah, and it's perfect. Yep. the puzzle is complete. You know, that's right. And, and we have no no choice but to follow it and believe in it. The puzzle. That's a really good analogy. It all puts together. It is.
1: It and all now that, fits in place. Now that the scripture is completed, now we see the full picture. Yeah. And now we see everything yep. before us. And oh man, that's something that they didn't have. No. And and so that's. It's how beautiful, blessed we are. It's
0: a beautiful thing when you when you look at it and see how it all comes together. Absolutely. And,
1: yeah, you're absolutely right. That's such a good good analogy. And that actually ties us right back to Matthew 5, okay. 17 and 18. And this is Christ actually speaking yeah. here, talking That's about the, the prophecies and all that stuff. Let's turn over there. Matthew 5. Okay. Verse 17 and 18.
0: You want me to read it? Yeah, go ahead. All right. So it says, Do not think that I came to destroy the law. And this this is huge. This, this completely puts together exactly what we're talking about. Absolutely. Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For assuredly, I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, um, one jot or one title will by no means pass from the law. Till all is fulfilled, and it, that's exactly what did they accuse him of, Jesus, of saying, destroying the law. That's right. They said he's teaching this other thing that just doesn't even. He's no, blasphemous. He, he's, he's blasphemous. He's a, He's a, a a rebel rouser. He's just stirring up the crowd. He's trying to get a following, and he's he's going to be a problem to Rome. He's going to be a problem to, you know, they yeah. were they were they were that's what they were trying to do, saying to tell Pilate. It was actually... Who was it before Pilate? Anyways, he told them, yeah, well, you got to kill this guy because he's going to cause up an uprising. You're going to get in trouble because you didn't deal with it. Yeah. You know, Pontius Pilate and all them. That's right. And uh, and and all he was doing was fulfilling the law. Yeah. And they, they wouldn't see it. They would, Those Jews would not accept it.
1: Well, and, you know, when you... For us today, speaking about the whole uh picture in front of us, I can see how they wouldn't see it you know when when you didn't reading throughout the old testament it, it it's not until it's like brought in front of us yeah like as as you read through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Matthew does a really good job. he actually pulls out the prophecies being fulfilled as he's writing, you know, and so you can see how. They may not see it, but mm-hmm. it's such a beautiful thing when you recognize
0: that He is fulfilling. Yeah, even so in His demise, prophecies. even yeah. His demise in this world, He was fulfilling the prophecies. Yeah, and one of the things too to consider, the Jews they made a lot of money off of the Passover. Oh yeah, and the feasts. Yeah, because they had there was there was groups of people that raised the lambs just for the sacrifice. Yeah. And they knew that all these people were gonna come and they made bank. The money changers yep. and all the leaders of the temple, the temple leaders, they got a cut from it. Yep. They so were... did Pilate. Yeah. So did the, the Romans. They got a cut from all that money and all this migration. And now Jesus comes in to fulfill this, which is gonna potentially end that income. Devastated, yeah. Yeah. I mean, seriously, that's what they were thinking. Oh yeah. That's why they were threatened because they were th- their a lot of their livelihoods. Were threatened by this new thing, when actually it was just the fulfillment. That's right. To make it easier. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus came to not really make it easier, but to save us from our sins. Yeah. You know. And, and, that's, and they, they were, were they were threatened, uh, you know, financially. Yeah. Well, and that, they were actually making it a den of thieves, is what Christ called well, it. Well, sure, they were. They were. They were going beyond what was required. Oh yeah, because that's why he turned over the money changers. Yeah. Turned over the tables and everything. Yeah. I mean, outraged. Oh yeah, and and it's s-
1: supposed to be a house of prayer, and you're making it a den of thieves. He
0: did it twice. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and so you know, you have the uh, you see as you study, you see Christ fulfilling it, mm-hmm. and you see Him becoming this Messiah. Mm-hmm. Not, and when I say becoming, you know, yes, there's this Jesus of Nazareth. But then you see him fulfilling these prophecies. And they're not prophecies like something bad is going to happen in the future. They're very specific prophecies. Just, uh, we were talking about a little while ago, just at his death, he fulfilled like th- something like 33 prophecies mm-hmm. just at his death. You know, and then we also talked about at his birth yeah he fulfilled like eight or nine prophecies at his birth and it's like a lot of those prophecies and i'm calling those out because a lot of those prophecies were fulfilled by the enemy Mm -hmm. or by someone else but it was all fulfilled through christ you know very beautiful but very powerful stuff because you see him fulfilling these prophecies Mm -hmm. you know it, it throughout the Old Testament talked about this Messiah coming and what the Messiah is going to do and then Christ comes and well, he and,
0: fulfills it
1: proving he is that Messiah
0: yeah and along with that um that you know Jesus didn't come in the way that they thought he would yeah you know they thought that this Messiah they'd been they've been taught about him you know coming yep but in their minds, he's going to come as a king. He's going to be this magnificent person. Um, and what was he? From Nazareth? A Nazarene? hmm A, a carpenter's son? Yeah. You know? And even the people in his synagogue that he grew up in, when he started teaching and and, and telling them who he was, that I'm the son of God, they rejected him. Yeah. What? Come on, Jesus, you're... You're the carpenter's son. You're Joseph's son. You know, you're a carpenter. You come from Nazarene, Nazareth. Yeah. Can anything good come of Nazareth? That's right. Right? Yeah. And so it was even hard. And so that's why he had to go through all this in order for them. I'm sure a lot of them later on, we know that his brothers converted. Once they seen what had happened to Jesus and what he did, then they believed in him. But yeah. it took him going through that in order for people to believe in him. Yeah. But, well, I mean, and, we probably would have done the same thing. Oh, yeah. Well, if, and, if we grew up with Jesus.
1: And rightfully so, you know, we should never just take someone's word for whatever, you know, especially when someone's claiming to be the Messiah. You're like, mm-hmm. prove it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> Christ proved it. He
0: did. He proved <laughs> it over and over. And yeah. all they did was want to put him in jail. That's right. Or kill him. Yeah. Yeah. And and they tried many times. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and and there
1: was uh, as I was reading, I, I can't remember if I was in Mark or Luke, but it was talking about how he essentially condemned them,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and they they wanted to pick up stones. They were picking up stones to throw at him, and it says he walked through, through. the crowd, yeah, unharmed. Yeah. Walked through the crowd, like if there is a a room full of people wanting to stone you and they have rocks in their hands, (laughs) nothing is going to stop
0: them. You're toast.
1: (laughs) But the Lord stilled their hand. So Mm -hmm. they could not. I mean, that in and of itself is a miracle. Mm -hmm. You know, they couldn't even touch him as he walked through them. Like he, he didn't, you know, he didn't walk away from them. He walked through them. Yeah. They couldn't touch him.
0: Yeah. It wasn't his, because it wasn't, it wasn't part of the plan.
1: It wasn't his time to die yet.
0: Well, yeah, and Jesus, you know, it's it's interesting because Jesus knew what he had to go through. In this book that that I listened to, uh, Bill O'Reilly made him more human than I think he should have, because Jesus knew what was going to happen to him. Right. He he every every move he made was planned, and and for a reason. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, Jesus even up to the in the garden uh he still prayed that God would um let this cup pass from him even though he knew it had to happen that way yeah but he knew that God could change it if he wanted to that's right but in order to fulfill all those prophecies and those things you know that through the old law that were predicted he it had to happen a certain way and Jesus knew that even though he asked God to let the cup pass from him yeah that's amazing to me. Oh yeah. He still was human enough to be worried about what was gonna to happen to him and the pain that he had to go through.
1: Yeah. Well and that also illustrates cause there's also some people trying to claim that Christ didn't wasn't human going through it. And what I mean by that is well the, the Holy Spirit guarded him from yeah. the pain and everything. No, that prayer, his final prayers proved that he was all human, going through that suffering.
0: Well, and you know, if you, this book was really good at explaining the pain and the suffering that um, he went through in those mm-hmm. beatings. I mean, to be beaten forty times with with a whip that has bone, and a lot of times they, it would tear the flesh so bad that you could see their entrails. Oh yeah. Well, and that that was the design of it. Yeah, it was a design to, for torture. Not to kill you, but to just make your life miserable. Oh, yeah. And,
1: well, and a lot of people through the... Afterwards would die from it because of the blood loss. Mm-hmm. Because it, would, it wouldn't it would just... Like a whip is designed to, to sting and whip you and, and to dig in a little bit to the flesh. But the scourging tool was designed to dig in and rip the flesh. Mm-hmm. So, like you were saying, expose the entrails.
0: Like mm-hmm. it was very horrific type of torture well and another yes. thing to point out too that that we don't really talk about very often is in the Romans like the Roman regiment there were five guys and that was their sole job was crucifixion okay mm-hmm. um, one guy was like the captain and he would make sure they were doing everything right four guys they were burly tough guys like tough yeah Someone you wouldn't want to mess with. One of them, and there was four of them, and they would all take turns. So it wasn't just one whip. To, so that they didn't get tired, they would all. There would be two guys whipping. Oh man! And so you would. You, he'd get a blow, and while that guy's going back to re, the other one was getting the other the blow. one's hitting. So he was constantly getting a hit. Two guys, and uh, those four guys. That was their sole job. Was and they and they got good at it. So what I'm saying is that like it wasn't their first rodeo. Yeah. yeah. They knew how to torture a person to the point where they couldn't hardly stand up. Well, and, and, and and that was their job. And and you don't even
1: recognize how brutal they were in that time.
0: Well, like you could they didn't of, have
1: a conscience. Well, like, a
0: king, and we talk about this all the time, a king could convict you to death for looking at you yeah. wrong. And that no one would question it at all. And it was just a, a very brutal Society. And, the yeah, society. the, the whole was,
1: society was brutal. I mean, people would gather around to watch this. Yeah, you know, and I don't even like reading about it. Yeah. like it, I cringe even reading it. But I can't imagine getting any kind of satisfaction by watching
0: it, or or indeed doing it. Well, you know, and think about the the ones that were on the cross with him. One was a murderer. Okay, he deserved it. Yeah, the other one was a thief. Do we murder thieves today? Yeah. We don't even murder murderers anymore. No, they just go to jail. And, and yeah. we, we can't even relate today. No. What I mean, you could lose your life so easy to the government. Yeah. They didn't care. They would just kill you.
1: Well, and like how they used to do the lethal injection, but they don't want to do that anymore because it's inhumane. Yeah.
0: Well, be crucified, be crucified something on the like cross. this. Yeah. But that's the thing. These guys, that was their one job. These five guys in a regiment. That was their one job was to crucify. Can you imagine how? That's all they did. How cold-hearted you'd
1: have to be to have that job? Yeah. And like, like you know, they, they, like you were saying, they got good at it. It wasn't like they this is their first time. It. You know, they're well. That, I want to try it out. See if this fits me. That like was their. Was, <laughs> that was their they were good job. At it. Yeah.
0: That was their job. It, it's like in our business, we have guys that do a certain thing and that's what they do all the time yeah and it, that's how it was in the roman Empire. they master it they master it and, yep. and the, the romans were masters at crucifixion yeah or or, or any kind of those like yeah, they would behead people to like there was other ways to die but they loved the crucifixion because it it prolonged the pain and death yeah you know and they just love to watch that i guess i don't know and that's what Jesus went through, and and he went through it just like anyone else did. There was no miraculous help for him there. He went through that pain and suffering himself. Well, and when you look at it, after he was scourged, mm-hmm. then he
1: went in front of the the garrison, and they had they surrounded him, mm-hmm. and
0: he still had the crown of thorns on. That's when they,
1: that's when they placed the crown of thorns on him and the purple robe. Mm-hmm. And they knelt before him to mock him,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, and and then they would slap him. This is a man that is in mm-hmm. so much pain, and yet they're still mocking him, mm-hmm. spitting on him, slapping him, just to show the, the ruthlessness well, of it, it all.
0: It was to humiliate him as well. Oh, yeah. And, and the, how humiliating that was for Christ. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons why the apostles fled. That's right. Because they're like, well, if he is Jesus, and and really, that's probably the uh, inspiration behind Judas as well. Yeah. He probably thought, well, I'll turn him in, I'll get this money. But if he is the Christ, he can save himself. You know, if he is yeah. who he says he is, you know, they'll never get him. So I'll get this money and I'll be fine. You know. Now
1: imagine how you would feel if you were the the one in charge of scourging him <laughs> and torturing him and doing all this. That was your job. And then later finding out that you fulfilled these prophecies. Oh, yeah. You know, casting lots for his clothing. Like, you're, you're, if you come to the realization that he was the only one that could ever save your soul, Mm -hmm. and you did that, how would you feel? Like, oh, man.
0: Well, and and Romans, for I don't know what it was, 300 years or so, um, it was illegal to be a Christian, to be a follower of Christ. That's right. And then all of a sudden... It was legal to be a Christian. Constantine. Yeah. Made it legal. Yep. Yeah. And, and so it just flipped like that. And all of a sudden now they're worshiping what they actually helped fulfill the Romans. Yeah. And it's amazing. Uh, you know, it's amazing how that happened. <laughs> you know, for a reason, God made it happen. Yeah. But, you know, it was illegal to be a Christian, basically, after that. Yeah.
1: You know, and it, but that just goes to show.
0: And they, they would kill him. Yeah, they killed Christians, thousands of Christians. Well, died. that's what Saul of Tarsus did.
1: Yeah, you know, and he was actually on his way to Damascus mm-hmm. to drag the Christians and imprison it them. It was a big thing. Do
0: whatever it, to him. Yeah, it was a big thing to, to find them out and, and to, to uh, crucify them or kill them, whatever. Yeah, and if you recall Nero, during the time mm-hmm. the
1: Romans was written, yeah, Nero was actually emperor. And he would burn Christian bodies in his backyard for light. For light, and there, there was another commentary that said uh, just to listen to the Christian scream.
0: Yeah, which I, I wouldn't doubt either one. <laughs> well, and, and we don't even, we can't even fathom that today. We I mean, even some of, and of course, I know that there's some bad leaders. You know, I remember Catherine. She brought up in class um, that this people get killed from leaders government leaders today and they do there's parts in the world that that happens as Americans we can't even imagine that we're so far removed from what we can remember our grandparents even we don't even know what that's like Right, that people are crucified on the I think maybe we should bring back public canings okay (laughs) that might help on our crime problem that would (laughs) I guarantee it well so you know we've I think maybe gone too far the other way but just to realize that people lost their lives very easily to the government. Yeah. I mean, it was no big deal. People died every day to the government. Mm-hmm. Because, and, and they did it, for an example, to to keep the peace. Yeah. You know, you didn't dare steal nothing. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to get hung on the cross. Exactly.
1: You, you know? know, and I agree with you. You know, I think we've gone too far the other way. Yeah. Where there's, there's no punishment there's no consequences like you look in in california how they made that law that you can still up to nine hundred and fifty dollars
0: yeah and why are
1: you catering to the the thief it's like that's
0: ridiculous so what's happened there's no stores in the city anymore there's no walgreens there's no no
1: way you could keep your store open they
0: closed them down yeah yeah oh yeah i wish we could go on and on there but and 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 really if you stole from a walgreens in the Roman days, you're dead in 12 hours. Yeah. Max. <laughs> they'll okay? put you down. I'm telling don't you. Don't worry, they'll put you down. You're dead. And, and and that's just how it was. Yeah. That was a common thing. Yep. You obeyed the laws because you're going to be dead if yeah. you don't. Exactly. And it, and it ain't going to take long. You're not going to get three squares for 10 years until they decide what to do with you. <laughs> yeah. No, that's not going to happen. Yep. <laughs> I mean, they killed you quick. That's right. And... and so going back to Christ and his yeah suffering, we kind of got off track there a little bit which is but. fun I know we kind of do that from time but to time but it's okay it's 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 interesting I it is I recommend I you know I think that book uh, Bill O'Reilly makes Jesus a little more human than I would like but the the description of how the Romans were and how the I I'd recommend it it's a good book uh, really gets it, you into it yeah because it tells you how it was for the Romans and the and the Jews and all them in that time kind of some things that we don't study we don't talk about in history books right and things like that and so it's really interesting kind of kind of puts you in their shoes a little bit of what was going on what life was like when christ died yeah
1: and i think even then it would be hard to fathom what life was actually like there yeah we you know we when, still can't imagine you would, you would be stilling just to feed your family mm-hmm. well, that doesn't change you die yeah you know and doesn't matter the reason why you're
0: stealing. No, they don't care. Yeah. So anyways, I recommend it, Killing Jesus. It's a good book.
1: And so the the death of Christ was a necessity to bring about the new law that we are to abide by today. Hebrews 9 goes into detail a little bit about this. Hebrews 9, 15 through 17 And here, starting in verse 15, I'll just go ahead and read it. Yeah, go ahead. It says, And for this reason, he is the mediator of the new covenant by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant, that those who are called may receive the promise of the internal inheritance. For where there is a testament, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. For a testament is enforced after men are dead, since it has no power at all while the testator lives. So Christ, after he fulfilled the law of Moses, had to die. After he lived it perfectly, he had to die to bring about the new law. You know, this is something, this doesn't even illustrate the deep love of, Well, that Christ has for us you know well I I suppose it does but he knew what he was going to suffer he knew the whole time that this death of his was coming he was going to suffer he was going to be beaten you know like we were just illustrating he knew that was going to come he knew it was coming and yet he still willingly did it to bring
0: about hope for us well wouldn't it wouldn't this couldn't you relate this to like a will a will and testament yeah you know that people leave today yeah if if you know you fill out your will okay i want you know this and this and this to happen after i die that's right it can't happen before you die that's right it happens after you die yeah and that's what jesus did
1: and that's exactly what you see throughout the the gospels or matthew mark luke and john through the life of christ he was living under the old law; however, he was preaching this new law, mm-hmm. and he couldn't bring about this new law until the testator died, mm-hmm. until he died.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, very good point. And then the apostles basically established his church for him through the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, the Holy—they had a, a helpmate, a helper will be sent to you. Jesus right. told him, and 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 the Holy Spirit helped guide the apostles to establish his church basically and that's what we're reading from right now. Yeah. Is Galatians. You know it's yep. a letter that Paul wrote to the Galatians. That's right. And and it's it becomes scripture. Yeah.
1: And you know you you see Acts is like the pinnacle of the New Testament mm-hmm. because Acts you see the work of the apostles. Mm-hmm. You see them having the same kind of powers that Christ had laying on of the hands and raising people from the dead, the apostles had that as well. And that was the the gifts from the Holy Spirit allowing them to do that. But they too were proving that they were from the Father. And so what they... But you see their work. And so as you read the epistles, which is, you know, Romans through Jude, you see these epistles written, well... They they were written by the apostles, and you know that their word is true because they have proved it through acts. You see mm-hmm. their work being proved through
0: acts, mm-hmm. and and the apostles would quote Christ. Oh in yeah, their, in their in their letters, you know, I remember very uh, vivid memory of me asking a uh, one of my teachers in in Sunday school once I started kind of understanding the acts after that Jesus died. Yeah. Um, I couldn't understand how come there was l- red lettering in, you know, like second Corinthians and <laughs> yeah. Jesus is dead. Why is he still talking? You know? Yeah. But he he spoke through the apostles. Yeah. You know, and they quoted him. That's right. And um, and so, you know, it's just, it, it's certainly not how I would dream it up happening. Mm-hmm. Right. Nor anyone in that day. It, it's not how they thought it would happen. Yeah. That the king would come, the savior. Um, but it happened that way because that's how God wanted it. And uh, you just wouldn't think that it would get established after he's dead, after he got crucified on the cross. Yeah. <laughs> but it did. That's right. And and it was perfect. Yeah.
1: And if you, Chad, have not silenced silence your cell phone. silence your cell phone. Now's a good time to do that. Yeah, it's not,
0: actually. <laughs> oh, man. That's all right. But, but yeah, it's, it's a great... Uh, conversation to have because um it's certainly not how any of us would have dreamed it up that it happened but it happened exactly how god wanted it and intended for it to do and how it was how it was prophesied and predicted for, for, from many years back yeah clear back to abraham yeah that's right when when he promised abraham seed yep and when you when you look at the um
1: you almost have this impression, after Christ died, before he was, um, or as he raised on the third day before he ascended, you get the impression that, uh, like, the Apostle Peter was kind of just getting back to his old life. Yeah. You know, he went back to fishing again, where, and then Christ comes back, he's like, nope, I got work for you. Yeah. Like, your work is just beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's like, yeah. yeah, now you guys are going to work for me. And so, you know, you that was their work, was fulfilling the New Testament and bringing, bringing others to Christ. And, and, and in fact, you know, we kind of mentioned Constantine you know he's the one that legalized christianity mm-hmm. and the reason why he legalized it is because he recognized that these people are willing to die for yeah. the sake of christ
0: yeah he, so there's something to this
1: yeah and it sounds like he he was trying to use it for a political gain
0: mm-hmm.
1: so legalizing it for the wrong reason not necessarily because he was a believer but you know he's like if they're willing to die for this cause mm-hmm. I wonder how I can use that, you mm-hmm. know, but they were dying for Christ. That's how important it was to
0: draw people to Christ. Yeah. They risked their lives daily. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we got, we don't have a whole lot of time. We got about eight minutes left. Okay. And so I I really want to get to that point that you yes. brought, um, cause it's a really good one it about is. Elon Musk. We're going to talk about Elon Musk on the podcast <laughs> here. So I'll just leave it at that. You, you...
1: Okay, so let's, let's fast forward a little bit to Galatians 4. We're going to look at verse 9 of Galatians 4. And so now he's, he's digging into the Galatians because he's, he's fearing that they are drawing back, kind of away from God, after already have turning to Christ. And so in verse 9 he says, But now, after you have known God... Or rather are known by God. How is it that you turn again to the weak and beggarly elements to which you desire again to be in bondage? Again going yeah, back going to back. the back.
0: They want to go back to being slaves.
1: Yeah. You know slaves under the, the Jewish law or mm-hmm. whatever, but Or slaves of their sin. Yeah. And so he's like, How do you ever want to go back? But notice how in this context he says after you have known God, or rather are known by God. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone knows who God is, mm-hmm. but does God know you? Yeah. And so he's recognizing that you guys are known by God. Like, that is such a beautiful blessing. Yeah. You know, and don't forsake it. Don't forsake it. And you know, and, and I brought up the analogy, everyone knows who Elon Musk is. Mm-hmm. Now you may be like me where I don't know too much about Elon Musk. Like I don't know his beliefs, I don't know
0: what he stands for. Well, he's been in the news a lot lately. Yeah, he's been in the news. <laughs> you you heard of his name he, though. Like, he's gone to space. You know you've heard of
1: him. Yeah. And and so you may not know everything about him, but you've you've known him. How cool would it be to walk into a room and Elon Musk is like, hey, hey, David, I know you. Come here. I know you. Like, that would be pretty Mm. neat, right? Well, this is God. God is the one true God. He is the one that is so powerful he
0: can speak the world into existence. He's even better than Elon Musk. He's so much better than (laughs) Elon Musk.
1: He's so much better than Elon Musk.
0: Yeah, God's all-powerful.
1: And so for him... For God to know you, mm-hmm. that is so powerful, and that's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, and a good example of this, of how beautiful it is to be known by God, in Acts 19, you know, this they had these Jewish chief priests trying to cast out demons,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: they were actually trying to cast out demons by the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches. So this is how they would try to cast out these evil spirits. But in verse 15 and 16, as this Jewish chief priest, now a chief priest, you know he has dedicated his life to serving God. But he's a a Jewish chief priest, so he denied the Son of God, right? But he has still dedicated his life to God. Mm -hmm. And so as he is trying to cast out this evil spirit, By the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, in verse 15 and 16, it says, And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? Mm -hmm. Then the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, overpowered them, and prevailed against them, so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. And so the the question I, I rose was, why... Was the evil spirit able to overpower the Jewish chief priest? And why did the evil spirit know who Paul was and know who Jesus was, but didn't know who the Jewish chief priest was? Yeah, because the
0: Jewish chief priest wasn't um, following Christ.
1: That's right. So he was not known by God. Mm -hmm. As we believe in Christ, we are now known by God. When we obey and serve Christ, now we are known by the Father. And so, because he rejected the father's son, God rejected him. And it didn't matter that this Jewish chief priest is serving him, yeah. and, and he's living his life according to what he believes is how he needs to serve God, he, but he's under bondage. So, even though he's an heir of Abraham's seed, mm-hmm. right, he's of the seed of Abraham, but he's not known by God. And this is why the evil spirit didn't have to know him. Mm-hmm. The evil spirit knew who Paul was because God says he belongs to me, you don't mess with him.
0: Yeah. So the evil spirit had to obey what Paul even said. Well and we've talked in the past uh about worshiping God in vain. That's right. This would go for anyone Perfect. for yeah. anyone that's that's not doing exactly what God wants them to that's do. That's right. They might be doing part of it. Yep. You know or part of this, but they don't like this part, so they're not doing that. Does God know them? No. No. They're just they're no different than this Jewish priest. Yeah. They're 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 worshiping in vain. Yep. And why would you want to worship in vain? You just well be off fishing or something. Yeah. Or,
1: well and and God even illustrates this in Hosea four six. When God says, My people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. Yeah. Because you're ignorant to my knowledge. I will destroy you and your children. Yep. And and so we must know God. And we have it right in front of us in the Bible. All we need to do is adhere to the Bible. And so listen to the Word of God. You know, And John 1.1 1, 1 illustrates that Jesus Christ is the Word of God. So listen to the Word of God. Listen to Christ. Christ is speaking, and we need to listen to Him. And but this Jewish chief priest didn't want to listen to Christ, even though he dedicated his life to Christ, to God, he was not known by God, and that's why the evil spirit was over was able to overcome him, and that's why the yeah. evil spirit didn't even know need to know who he was.
0: And like uh, going back to Galatians four eight, it says, but indeed when you did not know God, you served those by which, which by nature are not gods. Yeah, and and a lot of times that's by, by nature you're serving someone who's by nature is not uh, not God. That's right, and that's a very good point to bring out too because you're not serving the one true God. No, you're serving something else. I don't know what it is. Yeah, but you're well, serving something else. You may
1: even think that you're serving the one true God, but if you're not serving Him the way He commands, yeah, you're becoming self righteous
0: because mm-hmm. it's not according to His knowledge. No. it's according to somebody, but not God. That's right. And, and you know, that's what we have to watch out for because we don't want it to be according to somebody or so-and-so or whatever this guy thinks or that guy thinks. Yeah. You want to be serving God. Yeah. That's it. And Acts 4.12 tells us that there's,
1: nor is there salvation in any other. For nope. there's no other name given among men by which we must
0: be saved. We got to read Second 2 Peter um, 2.22. That's a good one, too. Because that's probably a good way to end it here because... Yes. Um, Let's go over there. And so, this
1: is what the this is what the uh, Galatians were essentially doing.
0: Second Peter churches, chapter two.
1: Yeah, chapter two.
0: Twenty and twenty two. Twenty two through twenty two. Yeah,
1: because what they were doing is they were turning. They knew the Christ, and yet they were turning back towards the world and and away from what God has commanded of them. Yeah. And so this is what is being illustrated in Second Peter chapter 2. Do you want to read it? Yeah, sure. Verses 20 through
0: 22. It says, For if after they have escaped the um, pollution of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome the latter and is worse for them than the beginning. So he's talking about someone who's become a believer, become a Christian, but let... Go and been entangled back into the world. Yeah. Continuing on verse 21. For it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than having known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered to them. But it has happened to them according to the true pro- proverb. A dog returns to his own vomit and a sow having washed to her wallowing in the mire.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so you know the, this true proverb that talks about a dog it, and every dog is probably or every person has probably seen a dog do this yeah they throw it up and then they start eating it again yeah. I'm like what mm-hmm. are you doing yeah <laughs> you know? and and then a, a sow you wash the sow and then out of nowhere she
0: immediately they goes go right, right back, back, back into the into mud the yeah it's like mm-hmm. what
1: was the point of washing you know mm-hmm. and that's essentially what you're doing like you have been cleansed Mm-hmm. You have been freed from your sin, and now you're going back to it? Yeah. Like, you know, and, and when you think about it like that,
0: it, it why is, would you? What What really hits home is it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness. Yeah. And, you know, we don't want to end up in that situation.
1: Yeah. And we all know that, you know, where are you going to spend eternity if you don't know Christ? Mm-hmm. In yeah. hell. But that would be better than having known him to turn away from mm-hmm. him after that. Mm-hmm. And, and Galatians 4, verse 11, as Paul is continuing, he says, I am afraid for you, mm-hmm. lest I have labored for you in vain. Like, mm-hmm. Paul is stressing He's to them, worried. I, I am worried about you. Don't let my labor be in vain. Yeah. Don't let
0: all this effort that I have done for you. And, and we and not know, only him, but the, the people. Yeah, They're already believers. They became believers. That's right. Don't waste it. Don't let that go. Yeah. And, you know, Paul, he was very busy. He
1: dedicated his entire life to the Lord. Mm -hmm. You know, and I brought up the analogy. I don't think he had time to go fishing and hunting just for the sport of it. Like, Mm -mm. he was constantly busy. He didn't have free time. Mm -hmm. And so all of the work that he was doing, and there were still, like, so many other places where he could have been, you know, anyone could have profited from Paul from a visit from Paul. Mm -hmm. How beautiful would it be to have one of the apostles visit us? Mm -hmm. You know, how beautiful would that be? And so his work was so important. And so having spent all this time with the Galatians and having it be for nothing, there were so many other Christians that could have benefited if they're just going to turn away from the Lord. Mm -hmm. And so he's like, don't let my labor be in vain for you. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and preachers a lot of times can probably um, use the same illustration, too, where, you know, they spend years with a congregation trying to bring them closer to the Lord and then having everyone in the congregation just reject God. Mm-hmm. Like, that would be devastating, mm-hmm. especially, you know, for the work. You're, you're dedicating your life to bringing people closer to Christ, and yet— They've all turned away. It's like, well, then why did I spend these past eight years doing this? You know, Mm -hmm. I I don't, it doesn't talk about how much time Paul spent with them, but any amount of time, Paul could have been used in so many different places, Mm -hmm. you know? And so he's stressing to them, don't let my labor be in vain. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm afraid for you, you know, and to have, those are some harsh words. Yeah. You know, don't. Well, it's like a parent. Yeah. I'm
0: afraid for you, you know I, oh, I want and the best for you.
1: How bad would it be to have one of your children
0: mm-hmm.
1: turn away from God when yeah. you, you raise them in the Lord and to have them turn? It's a it's constant like, worry, yeah. for us. <laughs> and, and they're finally you know, they're 18 moving out on their own. It's mm-hmm. like, how terrible would it be if yeah, you spend 18 you years trying to bring them in the Lord away. and you just throw it away. Yeah, you know and it, that feeling, this is the kind of love that he has for them. Mm-hmm. He loves them, and he he doesn't want them to turn away from God. Mm-hmm. And next week, we're going to get into. He also kind of brings up later on in Galatians four. Um, he kind of digs into this a little bit
0: more. So that's so there's something to look something to, to look
1: forward to. That's right.
0: Well, we gave you a little extra tonight. Uh, hopefully, you've enjoyed our study tonight. I certainly have. I missed it last week. Yeah, so. we've had some good uh, discussion, and so we we thank you for joining us, and we'll look forward to uh, um, studying with you next week. And uh, we're going to be talking more about Galatians 4, so you can read it and be ready. Thank you, guys. Okay, we'll see you next time.